Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. An Erio's original. And welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries. Each week, we will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. I am Allie Siegel. I am Melissa Stettin. And I, producer Maria. Melissa, do we have any patrons today? Yeah, we do. We have Kelly, Desiree, Oh, Richard. And Laura. Do you remember that huge Desiree song? You gotta Listen be. as your day unfolds. Try not the future, future homes. Try to save your problems in That's your That's one Olivia Greengrass. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, it uh, is? Lydia, yeah, Lydia Greengrass. Yeah, she sings She sings it at the end of one of her episodes. She yeah, forgot the she mic forgot was on. She forgot to turn off the recording yeah. and she sang the whole song. Oh, that is Lydia. <laughs> That's classic Lydia. <laughs> she would. Classic. She would. I would love it's to do it. It's a great song. Oh, God. It's, I have such a vivid memory of being in like eighth or ninth grade uh, whenever that yeah, song came out in high school yeah in my friend Jane's house after soccer practice in the valley and we would listen to that song just kind of decompress from the day oh it's just <laughs> memories. a great song memories man <laughs> anyways before we get into the episode today I think it's important to revisit someone from episode past who's turned up in the news again our uh, friend huh? Sherry Sherry Papini. She's back, baby. She's back at it. We were right about our theory. Yeah. She gone girled herself. She fucking did this herself. We knew it. Everyone knew it. Everyone yeah. knew. It, when a blonde girl disappears and comes uh, back crazy, you're like, oh, sorry, uh, bitch. I ain't I ain't buying it. So I guess her ex-boyfriend finally agreed to a police interview and said everything that happened he said that 
He helped Papini run away. He'd known Papini since they were teenagers. I guess she contacted him out of the blue and claimed that her husband was beating and raping her and she was trying to escape, which is exactly what happened in Gone Girl when she contacted Dewey Hauser. Or, oh, you know, is that what happened? Yes. She, oh, right. She, remember, right. she and he took her into his big mansion mm-hmm. and she was like, Ben Affleck's trying, like, has been beating me and I, I need to live with you. And she was, he was her old boyfriend and stuff. Like, this is crazy. This is the plot of Gone Girl. So he picked her up uh, when she was on a morning jog. He, she lived with him for a few weeks. Apparently, she would eat very little. She cut her own hair. <laughs> Towards the end of this day, she asked him to brand her with a crafting implement she purchased at Hobby Lobby. Crazy. I guess the the brand said Exodus. Really? That, Is that what it said? That's like what from she, from the Bible? Yeah. Verse? Bizarre. She wanted branded in her. The ex-boyfriend says that he didn't do any of the violence towards her, that she beat up herself and that she... Oh, but he did. She made him shoot her with a BB, like, pellet gun for bruises. <laughs> insane and then she and then she had him drop her back off and then of course she made up this whole story that it was two mexican women who stole her or so anyways of course there's an affidavit that's 55 pages yeah you read you read it right or you read some of it i read all of it it's full of great stuff here's some of my favorite bits from it yeah so she okay the day that she was quote-unquote kidnapped um her husband was supposed to meet her at home for lunch but he couldn't make it so sherry decided to go for a run she recently had breast augmentation and had just been healed enough to start jogging so she just got implants she was training for a 5k race and she said that she always listened to her wedding song, Michael Bublé's Everything. Oh, God. When she ran. So it was a good pace keeper. That's a really good song. What song is that? You're, you're a falling star. You're the getaway car. You're a line in the sand when I go too far. I've you're never a heard that. You run to that. Yeah, that song. sounds like a horrible workout song. No, it's it's like a really good song, you guys. <laughs> Okay. It's like for real good. Sure. Um, and then I'm being dead serious. <laughs> I believe you. So some people are like, well, was her husband in on it? I don't think he was because her husband, like a year after, he would contact the FBI because Sherry would think of new things. She's like, oh, it was in a wood paneled room. So her husband would call the FBI and be like, okay, so Sherry has more details. She said she was in a room with wood paneling. There was a table in there. Like, she was keeping this whole lie going. Also, if the husband was involved in it, like, what did they have to gain? Like, nothing. They right. didn't gain anything from Well, they this. Ma- made money from the GoFundMe. They made $49,000 oh. that they used to pay off credit cards. Okay. Okay. And then okay. this is crazy. So, Sherry and her husband went to a Dick's Sporting Goods store. <laughs> While they were in the gun section of the store... Sherry was fine until she saw the display of revolvers. She saw the guns and she shut down and got scared. She pointed to a black revolver and said, that's what it looks like. So the husbands called the FBI and they (laughs) told him, like, this is the type of gun that was pointed at her to lure her into the car. 
Oh, my God. So she was seeing her therapist up until 2021. Because there are all these, she made $30,000 from this victim's compensation fund. And so she was paying her therapist. And so she was, there's all these payments to her therapist up until March 2021. So she was going there every week, like talking to her therapist. I was her life coach. She would have, yeah, it was you. (laughs) She would have these breakthroughs in therapy where she would, she, uh, during her session with her therapist, she recalled information. She believed the burns on her arms were made with a heated up kitchen utensil, such as the back of a knife or a spoon. So she would call the FBI and be like, oh, I had a breakthrough in therapy. I remember that I was now branded with like a spoon, a burnt spoon. So she was like in therapy. Is she like delusional or is she just really trying to get people on board with that? This was a it's really crazy. Um, And then another crazy thing is that her this ex-boyfriend and her shared an AOL email account. That's pretty sick. That's serious. That's sick. That means they're really serious. Do they have a joint uh, friendster? <laughs> yes, they had a joint friendster. It's so crazy. It's just, it's, and she's in jail currently, and she said she doesn't like the food. She can't who, eat the food. Who does? Uh, one of my favorite episodes of 60 Days In, I told you guys, is there's a woman who does <laughs> yeah. signs up for the project and then realizes the food in jail isn't gluten-free. And she's like so pissed. Uh. She's like, I need to go home. I didn't. <laughs> it's amazing. So anyways, that's our update on Sherry yeah. Papini. And we will let you know if anything else occurs. Um, and thank you to Melissa for reading a 50-page affidavit. Oh, it was great. Great. You sent that to the it. chat, and I was like, I, I, I almost sent that I knew, meme, I knew that no meme back. Was that was it. like, sounds great. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, or congratulations. I'm not reading all that. <laughs> Anyways, sorry on that, or sorry. <laughs> yeah, or, or congratulations. Now on to our main episode. Another fantastic wife and girl boss, Catherine Knight, in honor of Women's History Month. Catherine Knight is known as the female Hannibal Lecter. Oh, no. Hello, Clarice. Catherine Knight. (laughs) Fava beans. Fava beans. She was born in October of 1955, and she is the first Australian woman to ever be sentenced to life imprisonment without parole. Wow. She, I know. Girl boss, breaking glass ceilings. She was convicted for the murder of her partner, John Price, in February 2000. So this was not that long ago. And she's in the Silverwater Women's Correctional Center. Listen to what she did. She stabbed Price to death, skinned him, put the skin on a meat hook, then cooked his head and parts of his body with the intention of feeding them to Price's children. What? But was then stopped by the police. Oh, this this is this is crazy. This is one of many <laughs> crazy things she did. This was the end of her tour of crazy. There's a picture in this Google Doc of some sort of food item. Is that real? 
I don't know if that's the actual meat pie that she made, but she made a smorgasbord of food. It wasn't just one food oh, item she made. God. She made a whole dinner out of his. Oh, yeah. She it's I can't I can't even look at it. It's grossing me out. Anyways, let's get into it. I found this uh, topic, by the way, on a YouTube video by Mr. Ballin on YouTube. If you haven't, if you haven't checked out his stuff, uh, check it out. Also on YouTube, I watched a docu, an Australian documentary about her, which was really great as well. If you want to check that out, anyways. Who is Catherine Knight? Her origin story kind of makes sense as to why she became a villain. She was born into a dysfunctional family. Both her parents had alcoholism. She grew up in New South Wales, Australia. Her community... Down Under. Down Under. I'm saving everyone by not doing this whole episode in an Australian (laughs) accent. The community hated her family, and her family hated each other. So she really had no home base. She was ostracized ostracized by both her community and her immediate family. Her mother, this woman named Barbara, had been married um, had been married to a man named Jack, and they lived together in a small town called Aberdeen, which I feel like we had another episode that took place in Aberdeen or maybe it sounds familiar. Yeah. Barbara Aberdeen, Barbara and Jack had four sons, but then Barbara began an adulterous relationship with a man named Ken Knight, who was a co-worker of her husband's. Now, Aberdeen is a very small town where everyone knows each other's business. So this affair caused a huge scandal, and they were known as like the bad fucked up family in town. The sluts of Aberdeen. The sluts of Aberdeen, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Bridgerton, but the sluts of Aberdeen. (laughs) So Barbara left her husband for Ken, and they had more children, including twin daughters, Catherine and her sister. So yes, Catherine is a twin. Well, that explains it. There you go. Catherine's father, Ken, was a violent alcoholic and would allegedly rape her mother up to 10 times a day. (sighs) And Barbara would tell her daughters all about the rapes. She would, like, after the dad would rape her, like, the mom would come into their room and just tell the daughters what happened. Tell the daughters how much she hated men and how all men were evil and that women were just put on this earth for sex. Catherine's mother apparently told Catherine that if she was ever raped or forced to do a sexual act she wasn't interested in, that Catherine should just put up with it and stopped complaining. Oh, that's not a good thing to tell your daughter. Yeah. So as you can see, a real toxic environment from the get. Also, according to Catherine, she was molested by family members for much of her upbringing, although she says she was not molested by her father, but by other family members. Here's a spooky side note, which is not a big part of the story, but Catherine's uncle, who was the only person she was truly close to other than her sister, allegedly, he committed suicide. And Catherine says that his ghost would visit her frequently. Oh, 
Yes. Huh, so she had spooky. she had a ghost friend. Uh-oh. In high school, Catherine once assaulted a boy with a weapon. She also once assaulted a teacher, and the teacher ended up apparently like injuring Catherine in self-defense. Oh God. So she she obviously had a lot of rage problems. Yeah. Her, bad her, start. Yeah, bad, bad start. start her her teachers and classmates said that when she was normal, she was very normal and like kind and sweet, but then she would like switch on a dime and try to stab someone. You know, she yeah. she didn't have any coping skills or mechanisms. Yeah. She left school at 15. She was unable to read, unable to write, and she oh, got no. yeah, and she got her dream job as a butcher. Oh, her dream job. <laughs> Who what Ooh. young girl doesn't grow up fantasizing about becoming a butcher? Yikes. Red she flag. was yeah, red flag alert. She was given her own set of butcher's knives as well, and she hung them above her bed in every place she lived in case, quote unquote, she needed them. Oh, this is her life is set up for this. <laughs> yeah. Also, it, I, I forgot to include this in the doc, but it, I just remembered it from the documentary. Her one of her kids who was being interviewed as an adult now in this news interview said that this is horrible animal stuff affects me even more than human stuff oh yeah said said that when Catherine was driving and if there was an animal in the street like a dog in the street that she would she would veer towards the animal and or the dog to try to run it over that's that's a bad when kids are like weird to animals like isn't that like the oh first that's a so yeah like, that's a serial killer yeah. sign yeah so she she did a oh. lot of weird stuff and apparently people who worked with her at the butcher place it wasn't a it wasn't a butcher shop it was they call it an abat abattoir um abattoir it's she she wrote avatar um <laughs> it, it's they, they it, it's the whole process of butchering so they would like slaughter the cows and oh, wow. cut farm down the to meat table. farm to table <laughs> farm to table but everyone said that she relished in hearing the animals oh, die no. and and she was so into the butchering that it freaked other people out too oh. and apparently she, she liked that she would get That's, off on that it. ain't right that ain't right something something ain't right with Catherine. Uh-uh. anyways Catherine finds a husband because, of course, of course, she does an item. <laughs> Her first husband is this guy named David Kellett. David is her co-worker at the meat killing factory. They meet in 1973. Kellett, this guy, David, he's a really heavy drinker. He has two traumatic drinking accidents in his past. One is from a previous railway railway job in Coffs Harbor. His best friend was killed in front of him in a shunting accident. Oh, God. And then later, he rescued injured occupants of a school bus, which had been struck by a train killing six children. Wow. He was in charge of the train. Oh. And the train hit the bus of kids. Yeah, so he things were going bad, and then he ended up in, in this butcher butcher shop and met Catherine, and they got married. This is what Catherine's mother Barbara told David on their wedding night. 
David reports, the old girl, Knight's mother, said to me to watch out. You better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't ever think of playing up on her, cheating on her, or she'll kill you. And that was her mother talking. She told me she's got something loose. She's got a screw loose somewhere. Imagine like getting married and the mom's like, be careful, he's going to kill you. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Like, So on their wedding night, Catherine did try to strangle David to death because what? <laughs> because he fell asleep during sex. I mean, yeah, I get I, it. And who among us that's has not rude. been so horny that <laughs> we oh, try dear. to kill our partner, which was a great start to their marriage. And their whole relationship was violent with Catherine being the domestic abuser. Let's take a quick break for announcements. Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, video episodes a day early where you can see me right now in a full face of pimple medicine. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become a patron. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. If you give us a five-star review, we will shout you out and read your review. Also, Erios has a hotline. Insert jingle here. 626-604-6262. Please continue to call and remember, whoever leaves the longest voicemail (laughs) will get to live with Maria for an entire year. (laughs) Nope. Also, sorry, you don't listen to her. And then also, (laughs) please don't forget to shop our shop, webcrawlerspod.com or hothorse.horse. If you're nasty, we have tons of great merch that you can start wearing as the weather heats up. Some great shirts. Maybe you can buy yourself a a shirt, a shirt or a hat. A hat for when the sun is blazing down on you as the weather starts to heat up again. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Now... Back to our program. In one incident, a heavily pregnant Catherine burned all of David's clothing and shoes, and then she hit him on the back of the head with a frying pan because he arrived home late from the bar from a darts competition. Well... I He had it coming. And darts. David had a severely fractured skull. <sighs> This was before she even, like, was incarcerated. Like, this right. is just her track record. Jeez. So, Melissa, what what year were you born? Um, <clears throat> 84. Okay, you're safe. So they had a child named Melissa. And <laughs> oh, <no>. soon, <laughs> soon after her birth, David left Catherine because he feared for his life. Catherine kept beating him up. But in an asshole move, he left the baby Melissa with Catherine. So... Cool. I would have I would have taken the baby, but he left yeah. her with Catherine. So the next day, Catherine was seen pushing baby Melissa in a baby carriage down Main Street, violently throwing the carriage from side to side. What? So just like rocking the baby carriage all over the place with like the baby like flailing inside. Oh God. She was admitted to the hospital and diagnosed with postpartum depression, and she spent several weeks, I guess, in the hospital recovering. But after she was released, Catherine placed her two-month-old baby, Melissa, on the railway line (gasps) while a train was supposed to be due. Oh, my God. Then she took an axe and threatened to kill everyone in town. Then some guy in town who they call Old Ted was near the railway line and found the baby and rescued her right before the train came. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. Yes. And this isn't even the craziest thing she's done. She was institutionalized again, but then she signed herself out the next day. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Then... I guess she, this part confused me in the doc, so I'm not really sure what happened, but apparently she slashed a guy's face and held him hostage and made him drive her to go find David to get him back. And then, so she like, I think she got in this person's car and like held a knife up to him and said like, take me to this address. I need to find my ex-husband and like, slash the guy in the face and so he's like okay i'll drive you anyways she got to david's place and he took her back for some reason (laughs) somehow (laughs) oh no throughout this documentary they talk about how she was great in bed and so Uh, apparently she that was what the power she had over these men she was great in the sack um david took her back and they had another child together oh god i know but then she eventually left him. I don't know. She had a string of other relationships and other boyfriends. One of her other boyfriends she stabbed in the stomach with scissors. 
Ugh. So this is, she does this to all of her flames. Also, her house was decorated with animal skins, skulls, horns, animal oh. traps, leather jackets, old boots, machetes, rakes, and pitchforks, floor to ceiling. It's like Ed Gein. Ed Gein. Yeah, Ed, Ed Gein. Gein. Oh, Ed Gein. right. I forgot. I forgot we got hate mail. Ed about that. Gein. Ed Gein. Ed Gein. Yes. Then, unfortunately for John, she meets John Price. The man who will eventually land her in jail, I guess, thank God. She, she meets John. He seems like a good guy. He's recently divorced. He has three daughters. He seems kind and funny. He accepts Catherine for who she is. He thinks her temper is charming. And they move in together. But... Eventually, as these things happen, John and Catherine get in a physical altercation one night. Catherine grabs a knife and she slashes John. And John's like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing this with you. Like, I'm not being in this kind of relationship. Like, we need to break up. And so on his way to work the next day, he actually stops at the court And he tries to take out a restraining order on Catherine to keep him away from, to keep her away from him and his children. And then that day at work, he says to his coworkers, like, if I ever don't show up to work, it's because Catherine killed me. She's crazy. Foreshadowing much? Oh, no. So at this point, John has moved out. He's gotten his own place. They broke up after this knife altercation. And Catherine hates being alone. She misses John. Like a few weeks have gone by. This is someone who doesn't know how to be alone. She's constantly Mm -hmm. looking for love and then self-sabotaging it and freaking out. She wants to patch up the relationship. So on February 29th, Catherine shows up at John's place His kids are there. She calls a babysitter for the kids. The kids are picked up and taken away for the night. Then Catherine leaves to go to her house to get some lingerie and some other kinky stuff in an attempt to win John back. And she leaves a note for John being like, BRB, coming back with a nice gift for you. Love, Catherine. John comes home. He finds his kids are gone which is weird. He's confused, but then he sees the note and he's like, oh God, Catherine's up to her old bullshit. He grabs a beer, sits by the door and is like, I'll wait for her to come back and I'll chew her out. Uh-oh. Lo and behold, John does not show up for work the next day. Oh no. His And John is always the first one at work. He's apparently very responsible, and he had given his friends that weird warning. So the office sends a worker to his house to go see what's going on. His car's in the driveway, so they're like, oh, John must have slept in or something. Let's wake him up. The worker looks around the house, and he looks through the front window, and he notices what he thinks is blood on the front doorstep. Oh, no. He knocks, knocks, knocks. No one answers the door. 
So then he goes around the house. He starts banging on all the windows. No one is answering. So he goes back to work and he tells the boss, like, hey, I think we need to call the cops. I think something weird is happening at John's house. The cops show up. They go to John's. They try to go through the backyard and they see a plate of food in the backyard. Like someone had thrown a plate of food out the window inside. And they're like, oh, no, that- you don't you don't waste food like that. <laughs> you don't waste Something's food wrong. like that. And they're like, that's weird. Did someone get in a fight during dinner and like throw the plate of food outside? What's going on? They're a little confused. So they break in through the black the back door and they go inside the house and they see this curtain and they pull the curtain aside and they're like, what's going on here? They see Catherine Knight passed out on the floor. And then the guy looks at his hand who pulled the curtain and he's like, oh, my God, why is my hand so bloody? Oh, God. It was not a curtain that he pulled aside. <gasps> it was the no. skinned the skinned body of John. No. Hanging up in front of a door in the kitchen. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It sounds like an urban legend. I know. And <laughs> turns out it was wasn't. measuring you. <laughs> yeah, it was the guy who escaped the mental <laughs> hospital licking your hand, not the dog. Yeah. <laughs> so oh they end God. up resuscitating. They end up resuscitating Catherine. So. What oh, happened she is was like unconscious. She had tried, yeah. So she was unconscious. She had tried to kill herself unsuccessfully. So this is what had happened. Oh, Catherine eventually came back to the house. John was there drinking his beer. John's like, "What the fuck?" Catherine's there in her lingerie. They end up having sex. They go to bed. In the middle of the night. Catherine wakes up. She's furious. She remembers why she's there in the first place. She's super angry that he had broken up with her and left her. She stabs him 36 times all over his body. Oh, my God. She leaves him in the bed to bleed to death. And as he is bleeding out, she goes to the kitchen and puts out a pot of water and starts letting it boil. Oh, no. Then she sets the table. What? For a dinner for herself and for John's kids. Not only does she set the table, but she also puts nameplates, like little placards in front of all. What? The places being, you know, like Abby sits here, like Darla sits here. Melissa sits here. Melissa sits here, like really (laughs) setting the table. After she sets the table, Catherine dragged John's body to the kitchen and skinned him from head to toe in one piece. Because as you remember, she worked at the butcher factory place and that was her dream job and she loved doing it. So this was her biggest skill was butchering things. Oh, God. She skinned him and hung up the skin, which (gasps) the cops later thought was a curtain. Oh, my God. She beheads him and puts his head in a pot. No. Serving up the meat with baked potato, pumpkin, beetroot, zucchini, cabbage, yellow squash, and gravy. Okay, that sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now things are looking up. All right, Top Chef. You go, girl. (laughs) She also made several different entrees out of John's body. Oh. 
Yeah. Catherine apparently looked her looked around and saw what she had done. She freaked out and decided that instead of going to jail for this, because she knew ultimately she was going to get caught, that she wanted to kill herself. So she went to the bathroom. She took a bunch of sleeping pills. She overdosed on the sleeping pills and collapsed. And this was before, because the kids were supposed to come home in the morning. But Yeah, the kids were supposed before. to come home. In the, yeah. So then when the cops came in, they saw Catherine there collapsed and they resuscitated her. So she was going to have to be culpable for all of these crimes. And she became the first woman ever in Australian history to be sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Wow. Now for the trial. That psycho pled not guilty. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) Yeah. Granted, there's no there's no question given her track record sure. and her prints are everywhere. I mean, it's she oh. she done it. When the trial commenced, apparently Justice Barry O'Keefe offered the sixty jury prospects the option of being excused due to the nature of the photographic evidence. Oh. Five accepted. Five said, "Yeah, I can't do this." When the witness list was read out to the prospects, several more also dropped out, after which the jury was empaneled? Empaneled? You shut up, Melissa. (laughs) (laughs) Empaneled? I put the wrong emphasis in the wrong (laughs) syllable. (laughs) Uh Oh, no, no, no. That was put to bed. The you know, next from Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> the next morning, apparently, Knight changed her plea to guilty. The jury was dismissed because they were going to have oh. a hard time finding a jury. Period. Who wanted to do this yeah. case? And however, Catherine still did not take any responsibility for her actions. She was like, "I'm pleading guilty, but this is all your guys' fault, anyways." <laughs> Cool. <laughs> she was sentenced to life in prison, and her papers were to be marked never to be released, mm-hmm. which is the first time this has ever been imposed. And she is still in prison today. She's still alive? She's only 66 years old now. Oh, oh yeah, I guess this happened in... Wow. Yeah, so she she's currently at wow. Clarence Correctional Center crazy yeah 66 years old she's still wow she's still there if anyone wants to write her or (laughs) and then apparently there's a documentary about her called beyond bad oh like oh that might be yes 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 that i i wonder if that's actually what i watched this morning but anyways that is the story of cannibal cannibal knight catherine catherine cannibal knight the female hannibal lecter um crazy yeah totally uh we love a cannibal story maria said in the past that she craves human meat so i thought that'd be a good no i didn't i said it would be it it might be interesting but i taken it back because i just i would never you did take it back i can't do it i can't do it i don't think i I just couldn't do it. Yeah. If you guys have any thoughts or theories about this case, if you guys are from Australia, if you remember this case happening or anything like that, Melissa, where can people reach us? You can email us at webcrawlerspod at gmail.com. All right. Well, I am Allie Siegel. 
I am Melissa Stetton. And I, producer Maria. Bye. Bye. Powered by ACAS. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.